Don't y'all go getting religious now. <laughs> that was great, wasn't it? Who? Did you say something? I'm away a lot. You know, because that's just what I do. I'm away a lot. And, um, but I want you to know, I love this church. And it is so good to come home and see all you guys. And, and if you don't like this church, then we got some kind of different opinion about what church ought to look like. Amen. Well, welcome. Now, there's family members here, and uh, if you think we're weird and crazy, it's because we're weird and crazy. <laughs> no, we just, uh, I'm just happy that Jesus has redeemed me, you know? That's good news. It's something to get excited about. And, uh... God's been healing people, you know, around here. So if you're wondering what that's all about, God heals people. So we believe in praying for people. Amen. Um, I just wanted to share something real briefly. You know, there was, speaking of being prone to wander, there was another church in uh, Laodicea in Revelation that was prone to wander. In fact, Jesus said that they were lukewarm. And... Uh, he said, that's what the problem is, is you're not hot or cold, you're, you're, you're lukewarm. Doesn't that sound like how the church can be sometimes? Not really cold, not really hot, but lukewarm. And in their case, kind of like many Americans, they said, I'm rich, I've acquired wealth, and don't need a thing. But you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. That's what Jesus said to them. And he said, I counsel you. This is Jesus' words to this church. To buy from the gold refined in the fire so you can become rich. And white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness. And salve to put on your eyes so you can see. And Jesus said to him, you see, it's not that I hate you. It's that I love you and I'm going to rebuke you right now. That you are, you're not hot or cold. You know, and then he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. And as we were singing and Frank was knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door, we were knocking on the door of heaven. Lord, we see you this morning. So I just wanted to say to you, Lord, we see you this morning, Lord. We ask you to come into the church in America, Lord. Come in and inhabit us, Lord God. Come in and live through us, Lord Jesus. Come in and, and commune with us, Lord. Eat with us. Live with us. Father, we just ask You to revive us, the church in America. Lord, we ask You to come in, Lord, and turn us from our lukewarmness, Lord Jesus. Make us hot on fire for You, Lord God. Lord, You've got to do it. Father, we just ask You and we believe You can do it, Lord. We thank You. Amen. Okay. So, um, what do you want to do with the children this morning? Should we dismiss? Okay, dismiss the children. <laughs> Quick lesson back there. Also, if you are uh, visitors with us, we don't usually go until 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so don't worry. <laughs> I'm teasing. Yeah, we're not going to go until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I just wanted to set you at ease. Um, just... <laughs> He said we might. Well, that's true. We don't want to ever close the door on anything. But, uh, yes, Frank.
have an announcement to make. Um, God is moving in this place. Here's why I'm telling you that. Every once in a while you need a little objective perspective so you know whether you've hyped each other up or whether it's a real thing. My two-year-old son, at one point during this, turned to his mom with a shining face and said, Thank you, Jesus. I obey. Being Frank said that I, I need to say this. I felt like the Lord was saying to me, I have been in congregations where this has happened because the people orchestrated it, but this is me. Amen. Thank you, God. So, Lord, we just embrace you this morning. Just continue to have your way with us. doorway of grace is open for us. Open for our nation. Lord, you're knocking on our door. We just receive you. Mm. So, um, thank you, Lord. If our ushers could come up, could I just uh, give to the Lord this morning? So, Lord, just as we continue in worship, Lord, we just give to you out of the abundance that you have given to us, Lord, and just believe that you are faithful, God. Thank you for continually providing for us. Amen. Uh, all I'm going to say about these things, about the, the life groups are meeting this week, so as regularly scheduled, you can see the board out there if you need more information on that. Uh, the A worship team is practicing this Thursday, those of you who are on that worship group. Um, and don't forget that on December the 19th is our Christmas party. I have an announcement about my Friday night ladies group. We are going to be taking a field trip. And um, we're going to go to Huntersville to Meg Art. And um, see me if you need directions. It's in that Target thing. And you go in and there's pottery that's not painted. If you have any last-minute people that you don't know what to get them for Christmas. And anyway, you pull down the piece of pottery and paint it and then give it to them and they glaze it and fire it. So... Um, just call me or email me, and I'll give you directions in time. Okay. Um, and uh, I mentioned last week there are 2,005 calendars available out in the foyer. Actually, the calendars themselves aren't here, but pre-order them. Just sign up for them. They're $8 each. And then when they come in in mid-December before Christmas, then I'll collect the money from you. Um, so if you want one of those, just sign up for them out there on that little table. And... Uh, Last, but certainly not least, we have some people with us this morning that we support as missionaries, and they are John and Rhonda Strasser. So I'm going to invite him to come up, or all of them to come up right now and just greet us. 
<laughs> Ron is pointing to John. All right, let's give John a hand. which means praise the Lord. Yes, I thank you for the opportunity to share a little bit just this morning as we came. Uh, Rhonda, my wife in the back, also Daniel and Michael. Daniel's 16 and Michael's 11. And we've been in the U.S. for about three months. And uh, it's great to be back here. Uh, I, I think when Jim says he's, he's here a, a lot away, we're here about once every four to five years. I think we're, he's here a little more often probably. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we've been over in Asia for 16 years now. Uh, this church uh, has changed name, of course, from Calvary to River Life. I met with uh, Pastor Byron not too long ago for lunch. And uh, over the years, as you've seen changes, we've also seen changes over there in Asia, moving from Indonesia to the area of Manila. We've been there in eight years in each place. I speak Indonesian and uh, Filipino. Earlier I was speaking Indonesian. And this is a Filipino shirt that I wear for VIPs, very important people, and that's who you are. Because over the years, as you've given and as you've prayed for us, God has allowed us to be able to impact and influence people throughout Asia. Maybe you don't realize, but over half the world's population is over in Asia. There's literally over probably 80 to 90 percent of those do not know the Lord Jesus Christ or know even about Him many times. And in this world today, there's over 6,800 languages. Almost half of those do not have the scriptures in their language. And the people haven't heard about the love story that God has sent his son to die for them. And that's what we do. We've translated now almost 600 New Testaments and languages of the world. And we're working in 1,200 other languages at this time. My position now is as a public affairs officer for Asia. work all over Asia relating to diplomatic and political and military officials I used to be a pilot for many years, 20 years, and as many of you know, but now for the last seven years, I've been going around Asia helping our members and our people and employees and also partnering organizations to build relationships so that the people can hear the gospel once you get to meet them and build those relationships. It's so crucial in Asia to do that. You know, Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But you know, and also Revelation 7, 9, it says that before the throne there will be people from every tribe and tongue. Christ can't come back when 2,700 languages right now do not have that gospel, that story of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for them. And that's why we rejoice as we see up here the flags and the people that have gone out from this congregation and been a part of taking his gospel. Because in the world today, 96% of all Christian resources... Christian ministers, Christian finances go to 4% of the world's population. Do you realize that? That's why the gospel is not going out. That's why people are not hearing, because the people aren't going. And he's called us to go. And 20 years ago, as a computer programmer for Duke Power, and as a commercial pilot, God spoke to my heart, and also to my wife years ago, about going instead of staying. And that's why we went. So we thank you for how you've supported us over the years. And uh, what we do, and I'd like uh, Byron to come up, we, have, uh, we always bring gifts back to those churches that have stood with us over the years. And these are a couple items that we brought, Byron. This is a little Filipino painting. Okay, this is kind of remind you of the Philippines. To pray for us, it says, To River Life Fellowship and appreciation for your faithful support during the last 16 years, the Strausers. 
And then this is a copy of the books. These books are books that we have uh, basically published for many years. This is the 14th edition of the Ethnologue, and this is 6,820 languages of the world that we have found and worked on. And so, again, we would like to give that. And I'll read what's in the cover here. Dear pastor and church family at River Life Fellowship, thank you so much for your faithfulness from 1988 to 2003 through your monthly financial support to our ministry. We do look forward in the future of your continued partnership through prayer with us in the Bible translation movement in Asia, the Strousers, November 04. So we understand that last year you had to make a decision to stop supporting. But we still want to say thanks to you because you have stood with us. And I look, as uh, Byron said earlier, I only know a few people from way back. I know the Linkers, the McCarrens, the Moors. There's been a lot of changes in faces. But that's not meaning the gospel stopping. That's meaning you're going forward. You're growing. And I know you've been in several different buildings. But we want to thank you for being a part of that Revelation 7-9 so that every tribe and tongue will be before the throne because they'll hear about the love story of Jesus Christ. So thank you again for this opportunity. Let's pray for them right now. You stand up here. Let's just reach our hands towards him. <clears throat> we got a book of all the languages, and I'm still working on English, so... <laughs> Lord, we thank you for the Strousers, Lord. Thank you for a very diligent heart and a very uh, heart for the, for the good news. And, and we want to bless them today in the name of Christ. And just release everything that you have, purpose for their lives, Lord. And Lord, as they get back, ready to go back to the Philippines, we pray, God, that they go back under a grace cloud. And they would go back to an open heaven, Lord. And they'd be very effective in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless them. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to have Frank to come and play. I heard these testimonies this way. Here was a testimony I heard that was tremendous. The testimony went like this. Uh, it was a, it's true. It was in Ireland. There was a guy, young man, he was a preacher's kid, Lord bless him. He went off to school in Dublin, and his parents were very concerned for him because he was, really wasn't following the Lord. So his daddy called one of his preacher buddies over in Dublin and asked him to take care of him, help him. And the preacher brought him into the church, and the kids started playing the drums on the worship team. And he said his test would he would play doing worship, and then when the preacher would come, he would go outside and smoke cigarettes and <laughs> wait to the end of the service so he could go back in and play. Um, did that for a long while, and then somebody wrote to me to take an alpha course, and he said he got halfway through the alpha course and got under such conviction he got out of it because he didn't want to didn't want to give his heart back to the Lord. But finally, he did. He went back, went did the alpha course, and gave his heart back to Christ. And now he's the worship leader in the church. And um, his reason I was saying it, his whole testimony was this about hymns that he has uh, taken all these old hymns and redone them you know, into modern music, which is really, really cool. And he just talked about the power of hymns and the power, you know, of those words um, that God used in those old writers. And um, I just felt like, I thought, man, we need to do that. <laughs> we really do. And um, so I was really glad we did that hymn this morning. Sally did one last week that was really good. So I'm really praying, you know, that we'll do more of that, that we will really take those, those old hymns and we would uh, 
modernize them. I don't want to do old draggy music that was back popper back, you know, whenever. Uh, I just don't personally like it, so I'm going to convince everybody not to do that. <laughs> I sort of like this upgraded music. So, Frank, you can go ahead and play. I, I wanted this to sh- That was one testimony I wanted to share with you. Another testimony I heard this week, God was really speaking to me through testimonies, is I heard the, the prime minister, and not, two years ago, in the year 2002, the prime minister of the Fiji Islands stood before his nation. There were 10,000 people present, and he was going to address the nation. And what he did is he got up before everybody and started repenting to the nation, to God, for not following the Lord, for being a lukewarm Christian. It's really what he started saying that to the Lord and confessing that to the Lord and asking the Lord to forgive him for being lukewarm and for not really following him. And, and you know, it shocked. Of course, everybody was not expecting the prime minister of a nation to do that. And so, and then what he did is he called the leaders of the church. I mean, this is like the pre, you know, this is the main man. He repents and commits his life, recommits his life to Christ. He calls the leaders of the church, and this is what he said to them. He said, you guys are really hurting our nation with all this division and strife in churches and between churches. And y'all need to repent because you're hurting our nation. And they repented. They got under real conviction because the prime minister of the nation spoke, put his finger in their face, so to speak, in a nice way. And they got under conviction about that about all the stuff, all the petty foolishness, doctrinal differences or crazy stuff that goes on in churches that we all know about. And they repented, and the Lord started moving in the Fiji Islands. There's a revival going on over there. And there's other nations around the Fiji Islands that are calling them and saying to them, please come over here and show us how to have a revival like what you're having. Teach us what you know. Um, and this is the great thing about this revival. It's not just going to church and having lively meetings. They're having some of that. That's really, we want to have lively meetings where the presence of God comes. But the nation is changing economically. Areas where the nation was in severe drought, there were curses on it from, you know, he was talking about one particular curse where back in the 1800s these missionaries went in there and the, and the people killed them and ate them. And this one, you know, they were cannibals. The woman warned them, if you eat those people, it's going to bring a curse on this place. That's what she told them. She warned them because she knew they were missionaries and they shouldn't have killed them in the first place. And, but they went ahead and, and ate them. And sure enough, since that time, that part of the islands have, has been just totally messed up geogra- uh, economically and you know with, with the environment. And they broke the curse over that part of the island and now it's one of the lushest parts of the island. And people are being saved in droves over there. It's, it's a complete turnaround. And I was thinking, man, I wish we could get President Bush to do that. I wish we could get President Bush to tell the church, y'all are messing this country up. Y'all are messing this country up. And I wish he would just tell, you know, not just, you know, these figurehead guys, but real, real people. In fact, I thought about, Lord, I think I'm going to write him a letter, not that he would read it, and tell him, Look, listen, please put your finger in the church's face. And tell them something and get a copy of that video of that man. Do that. Maybe they'll listen to you. And maybe we can have a revival like that in America. Where all the divisions, all the bickering, and all the stuff that, that has really hurt the church and has really hurt this nation, that God would heal it. 
and there would be a real revival in our nation and there would be a turnaround in our nation. It's a tremendous testimony. It's, 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 it's truly happened. It truly has happened. Now, I wanted to ask you, um, I'll tell you about this. Um, ask yourself the question, you know, what is God doing? Okay, what is God doing? And, you know, that's Henry Blackaby's approach to knowing and doing the will of God. It's not, what does the Lord have for me? It's, what are you doing, Lord, and how can I get in on what you're doing? Well, I've been practicing that for a long time, and I feel like the Lord showed me something that He was doing, that He um, was using a television show to try to communicate to our nation. Okay? Uh, a few months ago, Terry Manning called us and said, I want you to watch this TV show. It's called Extreme Home Makeover. And I thought, man, I ain't going to watch that. That's one of them reality shows. I hate those shows. You know, and she was saying, it's about this woman who feeds all these people at Thanksgiving. And they came in and redid her house so she could feed more people, basically. And uh, we didn't, we couldn't watch it at that particular time. We later watched it. A few months later, she called us. Back on and watch it again. I mean, relentless, you know. She don't give up, you know. Um, just watching it and thinking about it, like, you know, what is the Lord doing? You know, what is that? There, God is trying to tell us something in our country. He's trying to speak to our country through that television show. And I heard somebody else recently tell said a guy, and this is a hard-headed guy, he's a preacher friend of mine, who, what happened to Frank? You going to play? You got something to say? Go ahead and play anything you say, okay? Anyways. <laughs> Not that, Frank. <laughs> you know, some background music. Background music. Mood music. Anyways. He was telling me about a particular episode he watched, and he said he, he cried when he watched it. Yeah, I feel like the Lord is saying, I want to help people. That If you want to know what I'm up to now, is I'm looking, I'm wanting to help people. I've got a heart. Remember I told you a couple of weeks, I feel like God said there's a grace window for our nation. That God is not coming to judge our nation right now. But really God is really wanting to help us. I feel like that TV show is a, a message to us. That God is trying to say to us, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm helping people. And I felt like extreme home makeover. How about extreme life makeover? Your life having an extreme makeover by God. Or how about extreme church makeover? Yeah. A couple years ago, Larry Faldo had this dream about our church. Well, three years ago, I think. He was telling about it. I was thinking, what? This church don't need remodeling. What is your problem, Larry? It's not that old. He had a, had a dream that we were remodeling the church. He said it was a he said it was a big mess. He said, but it was being remodeled to do what God wants to do now. And he said, but it was messy, Byron. I tell you, it's going to be messy because people don't like things to be changed. And I think what God wants to do is He wants to to do an extreme church makeover in America to change the church so he can change extreme community makeovers. You hear what I'm saying to you? I think that's what God's doing. 
I think God is trying to help people right now. And uh, I had this dream last night. And I was asking, Lord, is this your dream or is just just my dream? And here was a dream. I think it's, I'm hoping it's God's dream. I believe it's God's dream. And here's what the dream was. The dream we was in church here on a Sunday morning. And we did our worship. I preached a message. And when I got through preaching it, I felt something come down into the room. And I knew what it was when it came into the room. It was a very tangible presence of God. And there was a scripture even that I thought about. Let me just read it to you. That's good, Frank. (laughs) It's Luke. It's Luke 5, verse 17. It says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law setting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And I, that's what I knew had happened that day. This wall of God's presence came, and God said, I'm here to heal people. And told me, if you will put your hands on people, I will heal them. Okay? That's what he said to me in this dream. So we're in the dream. So I said, does anybody in here need healing? And, of course, people came up. Um, the fir- one of the first people who came up, I wish he was here today. He's not here. It's probably good he's not because he'd be embarrassed. It was Ron Eckert. Ron Eckert came up, and he wanted his back healed. And I prayed for his back, and he was instantly healed. I mean, instantly and then he, then I felt there were some other things wrong in Ron because of his age, you know, just older age kind of maladies. So I prayed for his older age maladies that God would heal every problem that was in his body. And the Lord healed him. And then I felt like the Lord said, Say to Ron, the Lord gives you peace and gives you rest. And I said that, and I did, Ron was slain in the Spirit. Now, y'all know Ron Eckert. He ain't no slaying the spirit kind of guy, really. I mean, he, if God touched him, he would. I mean, but he's not not the charismatic kind of aggressive out front guy. He's uh, Ron Ecker is a tremendous man of God. He he salt of the earth. He really is one of the people that no people don't really realize what all he does for this church and the, you know things that happen around here. He's a behind the scenes person who will get overjoyed about fixing a door lock. I mean, in the Lord over joy. Tremendous fella. But God put him on the floor and he, all the anxiety in his life was taken away in a moment's time. He became, it's like he became a total at rest. God did that as a gift to him. Then, Paul Manning came up. Paul Manning is Emerson's brother who has never saw the light of day in his entire life. And the Lord said, put your hands on his eyeballs and I'll give him new eyeballs. And I put my hands on his eyeballs and he opened his eyes and saw his brother for the first time in his life. Okay? That, that, was, that was what was happening in the stream. It was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is the Lord. I mean, when, you know, eyeballs, I mean, you can do with a back deal, but the eyeballs, something powerful. Then the dream, you know, it went on and... We pray for a lot of people. Those are the two particular ones. And then I said in the dream, I said, it's time to stop. 
if you will go and get your family and your friends, anybody who needs a healing from God, and if you'll bring them back here tonight, we'll pray for them and God will heal them. And I even told Becky in the dream, go get your mama because she's losing her memory. Go get her and God will heal her memory. God will fix her. That's how powerful God was moving. I mean, where you could always get your mother-in-law in on it, you know. So we came... We came back that night, and of course, if you had a miracle like that, the church was packed with people. And I started preaching. I preached. I heard this. Me- okay, I heard this message preached of the gospel. That was the most simple message that I have ever heard the gospel preached. It was so simple. It was like insanely simple, but it was so powerful. It was. It was ridiculously powerful. People's hearts were so pure. And I remember the dream. I was the one preaching. I didn't want to tell you that, but <laughs> it wasn't me because it was any, you know, anybody. In fact, I wanted to give you one of the scriptures that I said in that. And I believe this is what the Lord wants to do. Okay? It's Matthew 5, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And in the dream, I said something like this. Everybody who has a disease, which really is two words, dis-ease, in your body God is saying that He wants to comfort you bring comfort to your life through healing and that was part of the salvation message people were immediately saved and people were immediately healed that night these were people that I didn't they were outside of our church kind of people and the Lord healed them Um, and then we said well it seems like the Lord wants to heal people and we need to cooperate with the Lord so we said this is what we'll do you go, all, go out and tell all your friends and people in the community, if they'll come here on a Thursday night, a Friday night, and a Sunday night, we will, we will have special services for healing. That's what we'll do. So we started doing that. Every Thursday, Friday, and Sunday night, we would do special services for healing. And the dream went on and progressed so long that I was, felt like I was just wore out by it. I was just physically like, man, I can't. What are we going to do? And I remember having Matthew Bollinger and Tommy Murph sitting in my office giving them a lecture about praying. <laughs> giving y'all a lecture now. You're going to preach the gospel, but this is what you're going to do. You're not going to preach condemnation. You're not going to preach judgment. You're going to preach the grace of God, and people are going to get saved. And that's what we're going to do, and that's why I need you to start doing this. I can't keep doing this. It's, you know, I'm, I'm going to pass out here if I keep going. Um... And then the newspaper called and said, we understand that you're a faith healer. And I said, I don't know. I don't consider myself to be a faith healer. All I know is this, is God is healing people. That's all I know. I don't think I'm a faith healer. I don't think I even have the gift of faith to heal or the gift of healing or none of those things. I'm not claiming any of this. All I know is what God said to me. If you put your hands on people, I will heal them. That's all I know. So I'm not making any claims for anything. And you can say what you want to say about it. And that was the end of the dream. And I really felt like I woke up, Lord, is this my dream or is this your dream? Oh, yeah, one other thing that was really important. Tommy just walked in and reminded me. What we said in these, on these Sunday night, Thursday night, and Friday night meetings, we, this is what we said. We said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take up an offering in these meetings. And what we're going to do is we 
speaking of the church, are going to keep 10% of this money that we take up to pay for the electric bill and fix all the stuff that you break when you come in here. Because <laughs> people break stuff. But then we're going to give 90% of that money back into our community. And I remember in the dream, we wrote a check to the Mooresville... Not, not Crisis Prayer. What was that other place? The Mooresville Mission. We wrote them a check for $5,000 out of those offerings we were taking up. And I remember we also, we, I saw in the dream, I saw the Crisis Pregnancy Center, and I saw the Mooresville Soup Kitchen, and I saw Lee Park. And we had not wrote a check particularly, but we were, those were places that we were going to write significant checks to give them of money to help the community. Okay? And I feel like what God, that's really what God wants. God wants to bring a revival, a move of God that's like that. That it's not, because this is what the guy said, back to the testimony of the Fiji Islands. The guy said, the reason God keeps moving here and does and all the revivals in history, what happens? They start moving and they just build them a little empire, so to speak. You know, because when revivals happen, prosperity happens. And they just consume it upon themselves. But what they're doing in the Fiji Islands is they're not. They made a decision right up front. We're not going to hold on to any of this. We're going to give it all away. We're not going to keep it. We're not going to make a name for ourselves. We're going to let it go out. And uh, that's how you keep a revival going, is we let it go out. And we had decided, Lord, this is what you want to do. You want to help people. The Lord wants to help people. That's what He's really interested in doing. You know, God is not just interested in us having great church meetings or great revival meetings. I'm all for that. I mean, I want to do that. Believe me. Uh, but more, more so, God wants to make an impact in people's lives. He wants to help people. He really does. He wants to change our church. He wants to change individual lives. He wants to change our community. And I believe, I don't know if the Lord will ever do that or not. I really pray, Lord, is this my dream or is this your dream? I mean, you've got to tell me whose dream is it. But I, I do believe this. i tell you this. I was watching a little bit of that movie, Joshua. Have you ever seen that movie, Joshua? You need to watch it. <laughs> I was watching a little bit of it yesterday, and the guy, of course, Joshua, turned out to be the Lord, but, you know, hidden in man's body. And he, the way he dealt with people in that movie, I thought, the person who wrote this has got to know the Lord got to. I mean, even the people who were resisting him, the way he helped them. It's like one guy was a, he was a priest and he was against what Joshua was doing. And Joshua said, this is what the Lord said to that guy. He said, it's not really that you're against what I'm doing. It's really because you're scared to be loved. And he walked over and put, the, put his hand on the man's heart. You know, like God was healing this man's heart. He was healing him of what needed really to be healed in him. The guy was resisting what God was doing. But what God did, instead of judging and being mad at the man, he healed him so the man could receive what God was doing. He even had the Pope repenting. You know? And that's what he told. You know, I thought it was so cool. He told the Pope, just tell people that I love them and I want to help them. Just tell them that. Because the Pope was saying, what am I going to do? Just tell people that I really love them. My heart's open to them. I want to help them. I thought, Lord, why don't you do that? That's what I said. Why, where are you, Lord, that you don't do that for us? People need to know that. And I thought, like Lord said, that's why you're here, Byron. 
I have put people all across this country so that they can do it. That's the way it works. It's up to you to do it. And we were driving down country roads and I was seeing all through the country, there's somebody back there in the country somewhere in the middle of nowhere that has God in them. And one day, God's going to start moving and that person's going to go to them old farmers and rednecks out there in the country and tell them about God. They're going to be God to them people in a sense. Not that You know what I'm saying? Because they got God in them. And that's why, because I was saying, Lord, I want you to do that. I want you to come like that and touch us and speak to our hearts because we don't hear. We're not hearing you, Lord. And he's saying, that's why I put you here. I put you here to do that. I put you here to touch people. I put you here to speak like that. I didn't, you know, put you here to do all that other stuff. So I just want to encourage you today. And I'm thinking, how in the world are we going to do that, Lord? And I had that dream last night. We're going to do it when this power of His presence comes and empowers us to do it, to touch people and let them know that God really does care about everybody and He loves everybody and He wants to fix the things in us. And I believe, that's why I believe God is not interested necessarily in judging this nation right now because He wants to help the people. And I believe my thing is this morning is, Lord, are you looking for some hands? You know? Are you looking for some hands? Are you looking for some mouths? You know? I thank God that every hand in here God wants to use. Because, see, I'm thinking this. We're not interested in having some revival where one, you know, because even in the movie... (laughs) There was a tent, tent revival guy in there doing, you know, how stuff they do. And, and God came into that in the form of Joshua and walked up to him and said, you don't have to do it like this. That's what he said to him. You don't have to do it like this. And then he walked over and healed this lady, you know, let her know. This, and the guy impacted the guy. I mean, that's a movie, I know. And, but I'm just saying, I believe... That television show, Extreme Home Makeover, God is saying something to that show. That's what He wants to do. And He wants to do it with people's lives. He wants, I think He wants to do it in this church. He wants to do an extreme makeover in this church. And He's been trying to. <laughs> we ain't cooperated always. It's been difficult. And as Larry prophesied, it's messy. It's messy. It really is messy. But God wants to do something. And I'll tell you this. It'd be worth it if your brother could open his eyes and see you. It'd, all the mess would be worth it. It'd be worth it if Ron Eckert's back was healed. It'd be worth it if those people I say saw give their life to Christ. It would all be worth it. And that's really what God has, I believe. I'm believing He has it. If otherwise, I'm just a dreamer and I'll just continue dreaming my dreams. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Well, let's... I was reading Forbes magazine the other day about how GE is now taking sums of their money and they're going to foreign countries and they're feeding hungry kids and they're building houses and all that. And I got so excited when I was reading it and what Byron was saying about Blackaby, you know, see what God is doing. And God was speaking to me and saying, see, even the world 
is picking up on what I'm doing. And then as I read further, it was talking about how they're reaching out to their homosexual um, employees and giving benefits to their significant others. And it just, it just broke my heart when I read it. But, and, I, and I got so upset about it. I thought, well, this article wasn't even worth reading. And the Lord just spoke to me and said, you know, no, they're picking up on what I'm doing, but they're the world. And though they see my heart and my compassion and they're reaching out, that's what I'm doing. It's the church that gets it right. It's the church that has to do it. I just want to say, this church took up a collection last Sunday and raised $1,700 to give to those kids in Lee Park. This church did. Yeah. And, and I just want to say one more thing. is We watch Extreme Makeover every Sunday and we cry every Sunday. But, but I want to tell you this. When you watch it, the thing that, the lie that will go through your mind is, oh, I wish I could be in a position like they are and go in and do that for somebody. But I don't have $500,000 to turn somebody's home around. But if you have just $1, you can do something for somebody. And God, if you're faithful in the little, will give you more. And if you're ever going to get to the place where you can rebuild somebody's home, give them a dollar. And be faithful in that. And when God gives it back to you, give them two. And when God's faithful in that, and increase. And you may start by giving away $10 bills. But then you'll start giving away $100 bills. Then you'll start giving away $1,000 bills. Then you'll start giving away $10,000 bills. And if your heart is really to bless, God will bless you to bless others. But you can't wait till you're a millionaire to begin doing it. You've got to start exactly where God has you and believe that God has you where He has you. You know, it says that, that when, when there's a prophecy, that you're supposed to judge that prophecy and to keep what's good and to throw out what's bad. And I sort of kind of have that office, I think. And so I want to do that now. And I just want to say that I believe what Byron shared this morning was a prophetic word from the Lord. I think the... I think the the dream that he had was a prophetic dream. Um, I wrote down something here early in the meeting, and it was like the challenge, the greatest challenge to this church is going to be how do you act normal when the sense of the presence of the Lord comes? And um, I really think that's going to be our challenge. How, how are we going to act normal? when the presence of God comes. So I want us to agree with Byron that, that when he lays hands on the sick, that they will recover. I was recently with Randy Clark, and, and Randy Clark ten years ago came into a new realm of anointing. It was, he was just a pastor of a little struggling church. He was frying donuts because his church couldn't support him. And he stepped into a new level of anointing and all of a sudden stuff started happening. When he would pray for people, they would get healed and they would get touched and the whole Toronto thing happened. And I just want to pray that Byron will come into that new level of anointing. And, and I really, I, I judge that word that he gave this morning is a prophetic word from the Lord. And so, as a congregation, as a fellowship of believers, I want us to pray for the pastor of this church, and Byron, my friend. I want to pray that he'll come into that thing because I sensed God calling him to a new level of anointing, a new level of ministry. And
and and so let's just let's just pray together that he'll he'll be able to step into that new anointing in his life. Okay, is that all right? All right, Lord, we just we just come together and elders come up here and lay hands on this guy. You know, you, Lord, we just agree. Lord, if if that's just Byron's dream, Lord, it's our dream too. So we we come together, two or three or four or a whole congregation, however you want to call us, Lord. And we want to see healings, radical healings. Ron Eckert called me this past week and said he wanted to go to Argentina to help us build. And, but he was worried about his back, if he could be useful or not. Lord, heal his back. Lord, and, and Emerson's brother, Lord, we want to see him for the first time. We want to see radical miracles happen in Your name, Lord. Use Byron, Lord, to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. Lord, just move him to that next level of anointing in his ministry, Lord God. Let the rumors run through the community that they can encounter the love of God in this place. Lord, let those kinds of rumors run about Your church, Lord. We just stand with Him and we say, that's our dream too. That's our dream too. That this could be a place where people could come and encounter the love of God. Not condemnation, but they could get help. That they could get their lives rebuilt. Extreme spiritual makeovers, Lord. Facelifts from frowns and tears to tears of joy and laughter, Lord God. Great joy on their faces, Lord. New habitations in which to dwell, Lord God. Let that be Your place, Lord God. Lord, make this a place. Let let the life of the river flow through this place, Lord God. Make over, make over, make over. Bring it into reality, Lord. Let this be reality church, Lord. Not just reality TV, but reality church, Lord God. Let it be that, Lord God. Lord, let us, let us go through that doorway from the era of promise to the era of fulfillment. Lord, not just believing promises anymore, but actually walking in fulfillment. Actually seeing the blind see. Let it happen, Lord God. Lord, I ask for a new level of anointing, a new level of ministry, Lord God. A new level of faithfulness, Lord God, in Byron's life, Lord.
steal my heart away from its desperate day. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. Oh, May I touch your heart Feel what makes you weep What makes you fall apart You are
that movie, this is what I thought, I was seeing how that guy operated, which was God, of course, I was thinking, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, <laughs> that's what I really was thinking, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, Lord, and then I thought, what am I saying, <laughs> you know, I just think God has put stuff in all of our hearts, and somehow He wants us and it's Him. It's not us. I mean, we're just vessels, earthen vessels. We, we, tre- we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That excellency, excellency and power may be of God. It really is the Lord. God has put something in all of us. It's Himself. and He's put some things in you that when you hear Him or see Him, it just, you feel the pull on you saying, I'm supposed to be doing that. And then you try to want to quiet that. I just want you to, this morning, if there's something in your heart that you feel that you're supposed to be doing and you know it's God, don't just stand up and raise your hands to the Lord. Yeah. Jim said band of flames. He wasn't even here last week about stirring the gift of God in you. There's something in us. Lord, you see these hands that are lifted to you this morning. I pray for them, Lord. Just, they wouldn't be ashamed to say, I'm supposed to be doing that, Lord. When they hear somebody preach or pray or whatever they do or go on a mission trip or whatever they do and they would feel that thing in them and says, I'm supposed to be doing that. It's you in them saying that. And Lord, I pray you just release these people in here in this room this morning. Help us all, Lord, to come into that place that we're doing what you are doing in us, Lord. If it's playing music, if it's preaching, if it's teaching, if it's washing the saints' feet, 
that's taking care of buildings, whatever it may be, Lord, I just pray today you would release us a grace on us to do that. Because, Lord, we know that you want to help people. You want to change this world. You want the gospel to go out everywhere. You want the poor minister to, the sick healed. And we ask you today to do that, Lord. And we're saying our hands are available to be your hands. Our mouths are available to be your mouths. Our bodies, your bodies. Lord, we just ask you to do that in us, Lord Jesus. Do it in us, Lord. Do it in us. Lord, we just release that right now, Holy Spirit, upon every person in this room that has their hands raised to you this moment. Just believing for you for this and trusting for this, Lord. Stir them up, God. Lord, we just want to say this. Lord, I, I want to say this. Lord, I want to make it clear that it is of you. It's you, Lord. You get the glory. You get the honor. And Lord, we want to make a commitment to you that we will not keep it to ourselves. We will not get rich off of it. We won't franchise anything you do with us, Lord. We won't take advantage, Lord. We'll give it away constantly, Lord. Because, Lord, we know you are ever-expanding. And, Lord, we just say that in the grace of God. Do it in us, Lord. Lord, if it's businessmen who are to do business for the glory, finances for the glory, release them to do it, Lord, without it killing them. Hallelujah, Lord. This missionaries, release them, Lord. This preachers, release them. Whatever it is, Lord. Musicians, whatever it is, Jesus, release them today. Stir in them, Lord. Don't give them any rest, Lord. Lord, we are knocking on heaven's door again. Amen. That was the Lord when Frank did that, by the way. I saw the Lord right before he did it. It's like I saw the Lord walk there on the stage. And I was going to go up there. I thought, well, the Lord's up there. I'm headed up there. But then Frank jumped up and started singing, knocking on heaven's door. That was God. We're knocking on heaven's door. And I'll tell you, this is what I feel like the Lord said to me. My door's always open to you. Because He's our Father. He's our Daddy. And we're always available. He's always available to us. He's always there. We just have to believe it. And, you know, act upon the belief that He's there for us. So when we say we're knocking on your door, Lord, we are saying we're knocking because we know you're opening to us this morning. And and we can go right into your place, God, and sit on your lap this morning and get what we need. And we're not going to believe anything the devil tells us about ourselves or about all that crazy stuff, Lord. Just break that off in people this morning. The lies of the devil that we're not good enough or we're second class or we're not, haven't done right or this or that. God, we forget that stuff this morning. And we declare, Lord God, that You are our Father. That we've got on the right... We finally did something right. We got saved. We made the right decision for once in our life. It's the way I felt. Finally, I did something right. I got in with God. That's the best. (laughs) I made enough mistakes. That's it. He's our Father. He is the everlasting God and He's ours. God, show people that. Show them that you're, that you're sons and daughters. That they made the right choice. They're in with you and you're in with them. We pray that today. Lord, we just again say, You're beautiful, Lord. You're truly beautiful, Jesus. Lord, make that real to everybody. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. Just keep playing. And you know, if anybody wants to come out here and pray and 
this, and then I come out here and just lay hands on you. And if anybody wants prayer, come on up right now. Just come on up. Come on, y'all. Come on over here. People want to get prayed for. Hello. Um, my name's Nicole. But uh, while we were worshiping before, lately the Lord's been working in me in a lot of the talents, and everybody has talents. Whether you're a drawer, a painter. Uh, worshiper and everybody is but when we were worshiping the Lord showed me and I wish I could have had something to draw it on but I didn't have a pen um, a door and it's in it's in the mountains and they're beautiful there's snow on top of them and it, it's there's light coming from it and he says just knock and it'll be open it's going to open for us there's doors for everybody whether you're looking for something or you're trying to step into what the Lord has for you. <laughs> it was very hard for me to come up here because the enemy <laughs> wanted to tempt me, but the Lord wants to confirm us, affirm us that there are artists in this church, many of us, that whether we've seen, whether we, He wants us to step into the ground He has for us. And He created us with those talents to use for His, yeah, to use with His blessings and His, his Word. And everything. So I just wanted to say that. That's a tremendous testimony. Yeah, come on. Let's go. Come on. If you want to step into it, the door's open. Come on. The Lord wants to open the door. If y'all want to come forward and they'll pray for you, you have to help them. Come help pray for people. Anybody, you know, if you feel like you got anointed on you to pray right now, this is what I told Matthew this week. Matthew, let's get on fire for God. And then let's touch other people, and they get on fire, and they go touch somebody. You know, just we don't need to be just dull Christians. We need to get on fire. Lord, bring the fire. Get us on fire. And then we touch people, and they get on fire. Everybody will be on fire. It'd be just a big fire. Bring a big fire, God. Isaiah 58 says this, If you will give your bread to the hungry, then your light will rise in the darkness. And I feel like that's really the point the Lord is trying to get at us. Are we willing to give our bread to the hungry? Whatever we have to give, are we willing to give it? And I believe He wants us to give it. Lord, we want to give our bread to the hungry, Lord God. It's the second most dangerous book in the world. Second most dangerous book in the world. Right here. First one's the Bible. This is the second one. Right here. All the nations. Right here in this book. Every language. Every language. When we finish this book, it's over. When we finish this book, it's over. But we haven't finished it yet.
You are. 